This has been quite the last two weeks, Mr. BHW. Has it really? What's been going on in your life? Uh, a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, other than the fact <laughs> that we had a week where we were away from doing the podcast, I had what has to go down as probably one of the the worst, but uh, I guess inspiring birthdays I've ever had. Okay, what's all that? I need to pull up a seat, give me a little coffee mug ready, so you P- can tell me the story. Please, because I, I have some real serious tea I need to pour for you. <laughs> well, come on then. Yeah. It is officially time to get healed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Healing Space. I am Sensei Raven Akundayo. And I'm Brandon Harris Williams. <laughs> you sound so dry when you said that. <laughs> what you want me to say? I didn't want me to be. I'm Brandon Harris Williams. I'm here. I'm allowed. I'm on these levels. <laughs> Come on, Monique Level. <laughs> that's, that's a different type of loud right there. Like You gotta be like... I know you say you project, like... Really be yelling, but uh-huh. you know, <laughs> different types of levels. You know, it's level to this. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> so, um, this week I kind of want to talk about. I don't know. I, I definitely want to talk about my birthday and my trip to San Francisco. Okay. But it kind of leads me into wanting to talk about no new friends. Okay. And how I'm kind of good, you know. <laughs> and the reason why I'm good and my trip to San Francisco kind of pretty much explains why I'm good with meeting new people. Okay. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, we have to talk about our usual. We have to get into our uh, pop culture and things of that nature. Of course, of course. So we're going to have to speed through this pop culture so everybody can get this story. <laughs> You got to tie your hair back and get your tennis shoes and everything? I do. Yeah, <laughs> and my Vaseline. Come on. You can't forget the Vaseline. You can't. You can't. You, gotta, you know you got to be greased up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that could lead to a whole other conversation, but anyway. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know what you use your Vaseline for. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so how was your weekend, first of all? Um, my weekend was great. Um, I did a little bit of reading yesterday. I recently, and not necessarily this past weekend, because I guess it's been like two weeks or whatever. So, basically, over the break or whatever, I read uh, Jennifer Lewis's memoir. I really enjoyed that. I went out drinking uh, last Come on, drink. Friday. And then I was supposed to go to Atlanta that Saturday, but I was, like, running late, moving slow, playing around. I woke up late, everything else. So I just ended up hanging out and making one, one of my friends. So I ended up drinking that night, too. Um, <laughs> Live it up. Come on. <laughs> in the 90s kind of world. Um, <laughs> and so this weekend, I mean, it was just, like, chilling and watching TV, like, hanging out with my best friend, um, you know, shooting the shit. And then... Today, because it's Sunday, I work this evening. Uh, I'm sadly gonna miss the Soul Train Awards, but I'm gonna catch it real quick in the morning mm-hmm. before I go to class and everything else because it's necessary. It's important. It's important. Um, so it was cool. Um, I did a little bit of writing, not too much, but just a little bit. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is that everything? Mm-hmm. I think that's everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how was your weekend (laughs) well first everybody knows that you know we normally record on sundays so Mm -hmm. there are different shows and things of that nature that come on on sunday so we have to uh end up recording on monday as well so uh definitely when you guys hear about the soul train awards and escape and all that good stuff it's going to be uh because we have to come back and record on monday (laughs) because we got to put y'all in it because it's my favorite award show 
of the year. Yeah, like, he when he was talking to me about Soul Train initially, he was really excited. <laughs> and he was texting like, it to me, mind you. I was like, oh, he's real amped about the Soul Train Awards. I'm here I for it. Because it's like, it's the music I love. I literally know everybody there. Like, it's one of the worst show I know, like, everybody. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I can honestly say that that's how I get about the Image Awards. And that's the reason why I usually catch an attitude with a lot of people who are, you know, constantly talking about the the representation at other awards like the Oscars and the Emmys and all that stuff. Because I'm like, we have an award show that celebrates us, you know? Right. We have, we have several. But yeah. Listen. <laughs> but they either don't want to watch or certain celebs don't want to come. Listen. Whew. But of course, that's a whole different podcast. So <laughs> we can dedicate an entire episode to that. Um said you ain't get the award but you ain't even show up when you won this one come on you right. won like you said you won but all right i'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not i'm gonna celebrate <laughs> folks who missed out missed the train fine come on mr train that's a hashtag right there <laughs> 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 hashtag miss the train come on because <laughs> i'm on i'm riding Come on, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this tangent that we just went off on. <laughs> but as long as we got it out now, so when we talk about the award show, we can literally talk about the award show. Right, right. Don't worry, don't worry. So, of course, you know, we've been gone for two weeks. So, the first weekend will be, you know, my, my story at the end of the podcast. And that's mm-hmm. my birthday weekend spent in Oakland and San Francisco. But this weekend, I moved. Uh, as everyone knows, you know, I've made it very, uh, very well known that at the time that I've been down here in Atlanta, my move, my, my living situation has been uh, interesting. <laughs> so uh, one of my closest friends, he was able to open his doors to me, and I stayed with him for the first seven months of me living here. But he and I kind of switch roles, and he's now living in Maryland, and I'm in Atlanta. So thankfully, another one of my friends, because I made the decision, I'm like, look, if I have to sleep out of a car, I will do so. I'm not leaving. Uh, I was, mm-hmm. I've been really caught off guard by how difficult it is in Atlanta to get employment, especially seeing how I've lived, you know, up north in Baltimore and New York. It was not difficult to get employment at all. So it's been mm-hmm. kind of a shock to the system. But I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm not giving up, you know. So yeah, uh, another great friend of mine, his name is Mike. He was like, none of us are going to ever let you just live out of a car or on the street, you know. So mm-hmm. he opened his home to me. So I made that move this weekend. So uh, that that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm definitely grateful to him as I was yeah, to my shout f- out Mike. Definitely shout yeah. out Mike. Big time, big time. Uh, so um, I'm beginning a whole new chapter. And another chapter, but I'm going to wait to talk about that until once everything is finalized. But uh, we're, we're making our steps to me finally getting my own place. <laughs> um, yeah, come it, on, all progress. Listen, progress. listen. I, sa- I named this year the year of no excuses. So there will be no excuses given. We're just moving forward in love and light, and we're going to make it happen. It has not been an easy year, but we're going to get it. Uh, thing. Come on. <laughs> Another uh, another thing that happened this weekend uh, are my allergies, which have been <laughs> kicking my ass. Uh, Brandon saw me on FaceTime, and for my friends who have seen me on Marco Polo, it looks like I've been punched in both of my eyes. <laughs> That's what I asked you. I thought you had to fight. <laughs> it has been serious. I think when we were moving out of the apartment, uh, there was a lot of dust. I'm allergic to dust and pollen. And there was a lot of dust, I think, that had had come up. I think in the seven months that I'd been there, everything was pretty much laying, laying you know. Everything was pretty much comfortable yeah. in where it was because it had been years since he had lived there. Uh, but when it came time to actually get up and leave, everything rose up. And I think my eyes paid the price. <laughs> and so I've really been going through it the last couple of days. And I'm hoping that everything is okay soon. I mean, my, my eyes feel a little bit better today. Mm-hmm. But you can still see they're puffy. So yeah. I need for these bags under my eyes to go away ASAP because I don't live that life. 
I appreciate that I'm 38 and everyone still thinks I'm in my 20s. Let's keep that going. Listen, listen, <laughs> and my face is looking real life ain't been no crystal stare right now. So, you know what? listen, you I'm know not what? here for it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. It, it, this is not my truth. <laughs> this is not my truth at all. <laughs> I completely understand. We just have to live your truth. So, yeah. Listen, right. and my truth is bagless. <laughs> that is my truth. Okay, Erica. <laughs> I do. I, I pack light. Let's be really clear. <laughs> I pack real light. I will never be mad, and neither will our listeners. <laughs> our listeners will never be mad when you start singing. <laughs> we are forever here for the melodious sounds. Let's be clear. <laughs> Ooh, I've never seen Holiday Heart, but okay. I'm not surprised. Okay. <laughs> you would not enjoy it, but okay. Ooh, I wouldn't. I mean, Bing Rames is a drag queen, mm-hmm. and Alfred Woodard is um, struggling with addiction. So I don't know if you would enjoy that. <laughs> I love the movie, but so that, that, there you go, right there, right? If I love it, then of course. That's not true, though. And you know what? I'm going to use that as a good lead in. That's a good lead in because there are several shows that you and I both love, including one that you just caught up on. Well, a little bit. You watched two episodes of last night that we both liked as well. So I'm going to speak against that. And Uh, here we go. I don't know if. I didn't say whether I liked it or did not like it yet. I thought so, you said that you liked Nola Darling. I thought that's what you said. I said I watched Nola Darling, and you said black folks always calling the character names instead of saying the show. <laughs> that's what I said. Oh, you tried it. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> She's Gotta Have It is now on Netflix, which is. is a series version of Spike Lee's very first film. That he created back in the 80s. Uh, I watched it literally in one sitting, in one night, all the way through. Uh, mm-hmm. It premiered on Thanksgiving. I watched it, I believe, on Friday from start to finish. So, Brandon watched episodes one and two last night, correct? That's correct. Okay. So, because Brandon hasn't gotten through yet, all of you are okay. There can't be any spoilers <laughs> because <laughs> he hasn't gotten through. So, he's just saving grace. <laughs> I was going to spoil the hell out of it, but I can't. Love a spoiler. So Love this. <laughs> like, because if you haven't seen it, you don't want to hear anything about the show. But if you watched it, you're like, bitch, close your ears. So I got spoilers out the ass. Like. But I'll say mine real quick. I've only seen two. And then maybe you should go since you've seen more, but without giving any spoilers away. Okay, well, wait, because I wanted to describe the, the character. So are you going to do that? Okay. No, you got it. You sure? So, okay, you have Nola Darling, Mm -hmm. you have Mars Blackman, Mm -hmm. you have Jamie Overstreet, Mm -hmm. and you have Greer Greer Childs. Mm -hmm. So, Nola Darling is, oh Lord, I wish I could remember what she said. She's a polyamorous something or other. She broke down exactly who she is, but pretty much she's very free loving. Uh, Mm -hmm. She is uh, sexually free, and she is not in a space where she wants commitment. She enjoys being able to have sex with a variety of different men, you know. Uh, She doesn't like being called a freak. She doesn't like being called sex addicted. She simply is. And that's the way she lives her life. She is a visual artist. And uh, the three men who are in her life when we come into the story, uh, as I said before, Mars Blackman, who is, he's a child of hip-hop. He is very free like she is, but uh, 
he lives at home with his sister. Um, and he's my favorite, by the way. So far. I'm sh- I'm sure he would be. <laughs> I'm sure he would be. Um, he's you know very what? carefree. He's very down for <laughs> Nola. You know, um, he he very much has her back. It it pretty much all has to do with her. So that's who he is. He's kind of the the younger one who is enamored with her, and he's a free mm-hmm. spirit. Then you have Greer Childs, which is the complete opposite because it's all about him. I do not like. <laughs> he he is enamored with Nola, but I think a lot of the reason why he's enamored with her is because she's unwilling to give himself give herself to him. Uh, he's used to everyone clamoring for him. He's the ultimate pretty boy. And as far as he's concerned, the world revolves around him. Listen. And Listen. <laughs> so she's unwilling to bend to him. So, And that's the reason why I'm fairly certain Greer is a Sagittarius. Or a Leo at the very least. Because Leos are all about themselves. So at the very least, he's a Leo or a Sagittarius. He's a fire sign. That is absolute. Or he's a March Pisces. Because March Pisces can be very much about themselves as well. Uh, but either way... He's enamored by the fact that she is the chase. And certain men, according to their sign, usually are very much about the chase. And so uh, it's it's interesting watching their dynamic. <laughs> and then you have Jamie Overstreet, who he is the oldest of the three. Uh, he is, and this isn't giving anything away to say this, he is a married man. Um, That's something you find out pretty early on, so that's why I'm saying that's not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, he is... Very well accomplished. He works in corporate America, has lots of money to throw around. And, but the funny thing is, is that he is the most emotional of the three. So for what it is that he has, and you find out as the story goes along more and more of what it is that he has, you would assume that he's pretty much the person who would just be sugar daddy and that would be it. But out of the three men, he actually is the most emotional. He's the one who's always calling who always needs to know where she is and things of that nature. He's the more clingy of the three, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see that, especially when you find out more and more about his character. But yeah, so that's the uh, the breakdown of the four main characters. Okay, so what'd you think of the first two episodes? Um, I enjoyed it enough. I'm, I feel like, okay, I feel like I don't know necessarily what the show is about if that makes any sense like I guess that it's just like more so following her life and like her journey and that you know she's actually free she's an artist whatever but I feel like there's not a clear cut concrete storyline and maybe it develops more because I've only seen the first two episodes so mm-hmm. but I'm I, I feel like I was watching the first two and I feel like there's not even like a story arc within the episode if that makes any sense I I mean, it, it's different for me because I completely see the storyline. So I guess I, I guess that's why I may not necessarily be able to see it. Um, so what's the storyline? You let me know, so I make so I'm on the right page. I mean, it's pretty much what I just pretty much what I just explained to you. You know, uh, especially for these times that we're living in in 2017, having a storyline about a woman who is sexually free. You know, and mm-hmm. it's it's her journey of. Not wanting to be labeled, not to, I mean, even though the funny thing is not to be labeled when she breaks down who she is, she pretty much gives you exactly that. But (laughs) it's pretty much about her not being put in a box, wanting to be able to enjoy relationships and work in her art, you know, being able to thrive in that and go further in her art without feeling the need to be committed and the, the journey that takes her on as far as if that's something that she truly feels or if there are walls up, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I do feel like you should watch the whole thing because there's something I was about to say. And I don't think you may even see that in episode two. So I won't give that away. But hopefully there's a particular journey that she goes on to get answers. That maybe when you see that, that'll add a little bit more layer to it. Uh, because I've watched the whole thing, I can no longer remember what episode one and two were about specifically, other than an introduction of the characters. But pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> well, yes. Like, well, that I. I like. But but my bad. Since I've seen the whole thing, I want you to continue to talk about your thoughts for the first two episodes. So no, I um, and I don't think this is giving anything like either. Although I'm gonna say it, so I don't think it's a spoiler because I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna carry into the rest of the season. 
she um deals with like street harassment at the end of the first episode. Uh huh. And so I'm assuming it kind of like because it's like driving her her art or whatever for the rest of the season. I'm assuming it was just kind of how they're making it seem in episode at the end of episode one and in episode two. What happens so to her does like, play a huge part in the rest of the series. It does. Something. Like, Something. It's kind of like a I didn't say a theme, but just that it's it's not going anywhere kind of a thing. Right. So um. It's not that I dislike it. I just wonder if if maybe if the if maybe because I feel like the writers' room, and I'm always thinking this is a writer, so I can't help it. So I'm wondering if maybe if the writers' room is mostly older women, so if maybe if the characters should have been a little bit older, or if maybe you know what I'm saying the writers should have been younger. It, it, something feels slightly off. That makes sense. Like there's a slight disconnect. I don't know what that is. I don't know why I feel that way. But something doesn't feel quite like the people writing it doesn't feel like this is what they should be writing. If that makes any sense. That's I, I guess I'm so intrigued because I literally when watching this, I literally saw sisters who I know, you know. Mm-hmm. Like her story is the story of several women that I know personally. So it's like when I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, they, and and I think that's the reason why I enjoy that you and I don't always see eye to eye because you give me an opportunity to see it from a different point of view. I can say this is one of the rare times though. Usually when you share your opinion, even though I don't agree, I totally see it. This is probably the very first time that you're saying it and I actually don't understand your stance at all. Like I hear what it is you're saying, but in my mind, I'm like, no, it definitely seems like it was written by millennials, or at the very least, someone who's just at the very beginning of Generation X. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, her her voice and what it is that she was experiencing, what happened, with, and I mean, also keep in mind, this is going off of something that was written in the 80s, so... Uh, and, and, and I think that's part of the issue, is that I feel like it's... I feel like it's definitely... Maybe, like, this is what they think millennials are going through. Like, something feels slightly off. I don't know what it is. And I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that it doesn't quite feel like millennials are actually writing, if that makes any sense. Like, and I hate to compare it to shows, so I'm not going to say a specific show's name. But other shows that feel a little more specific or authentic, and this doesn't necessarily, if that makes any sense. I definitely want you to watch the rest of it. I'm going to. Definitely. And I kind of wish, because I, I know you shared with me that you had seen mixed reviews. I kind of wish you hadn't seen any of them yet. Um, mm-hmm. Only because I hadn't seen any reviews until after I watched the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then that's when I saw people's opinions. Um, yeah. That one did mostly be positive. I, de- I definitely mostly felt positive. So, like, all the actual reviews I read, like, I think, because I read a few of them. And so, only, only one was, like, slightly negative, but it wasn't necessarily negative. It was just kind of a... Basically, does this story still hold up 30 years later? Is this still something to be explored in this kind of a way? Right. Kind of thing. But it, but everything else I've read, the reviews have all been positive. Now, I've seen a few reactions on Twitter that have been similar to what I'm saying, maybe slightly different. But they, they've still enjoyed it, but not as, I don't know. So, yeah. Right. I've been seeing mostly positive, though. Well, I was, I was watching an interview with the cast, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the sister is actually from Baltimore, so I was really happy to see that, you know, if that being my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sorry, her her actual real name escapes me right now. But DeWanda Wise? What'd you say? DeWanda Wise? Yes, okay. yes. Um, so DeWanda was saying how, for her, she feels like the reason why it works is because it translates so well from, that, from the 80s until now. How it really fits, you know? Um... Mm-hmm. For me, okay, because I've been I've spent the majority of this conversation kind of defending, um, which and you weren't you you weren't saying it was bad, so I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying you know I've been more so praising yeah. it the entire time. So to speak to the things I didn't necessarily care for, and I know this kind of puts me in a separate box as well because I've seen people uh, showing love for these specific things. Um, I didn't necessarily care because in in the things that I didn't care for were kind of Spike Lee staples, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't really care for how, which is I, anyway. I mean, he's polarizing anyway, though. So that makes sense. So. Um, I didn't necessarily care for the fact that every single song that played, they showed you Listen. one of Listen. the, they show you the cover. I, that, that annoyed me Ooh. from the beginning. <laughs> um, because I know for me, uh, it, it takes me out of the story, you know, 
um, for, for me to be a part of this journey and to be in this with these characters, you literally snatch me out every time you start showing those. So that was something that bothered me all the way until the end. By the time it got to the very last episode, I can be honest, I stopped caring. Um, I was so into the storyline and I realized he was going to keep doing it. So I'm like, whatever. But um, it did bother me. Um, and that's something that I saw people online actually say that they liked. So I know that that's going to kind of separate Ooh, me from... young ass people who ain't know these songs. <laughs> well, I mean, also music lovers. You know, there's some music lovers who liked it as okay, well. Okay, and, and you already know the music, so you don't need to see the album cover. <laughs> talk, talk, up a little bit, talk up a little bit more for me, because you're kind of low. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but you already know the song, so you need to see the album cover. Like, that's... I'm the same with you. That just keeps taking me out of the story. Like, I, I know that that was... Faith Evans or whoever's singing the damn song. So I don't need to see the album cover as soon as I get home. I know what she looked like. <laughs> you know, we're in the story, damn it. Like, yeah, yeah. It, re- it, really, it really did. It really took me out. Because I'm like, every time, especially if there's an emotional scene, I'm like, no, I don't need that. Like, let's keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that bothered me, and this is yet again another Spike Lee staple, but something that I know certain people really enjoy. Oh, you haven't gotten to that part yet. Never mind. Um, just know that there's a tribute scene. Good, good. I can say that without having to give anything away. There's a tribute, a tribute scene. scene. Yeah, tribute. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. And okay. that scene took me out again because, and he's done this in other movies. There are scenes where he'll do tributes, and for me, it doesn't fit the character. You know, mm-hmm. it really feels like it's Spike Lee just wanting to be able to put Spike into the film. And yep. his thoughts or feelings or something on something. And yeah. so when the tribute scene happened, I'm literally sitting there like, but to me, this doesn't feel like Nola, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if it would have been a specific type of tribute, I'm doing a really good job of not spoiling anything. <laughs> if it felt like a specific so type of, of tribute, thank you. <laughs> then it would have felt like Nola. But because this tribute spanned over a certain thing, it no longer felt like Nola to me. It mm-hmm. really, really felt like uh, Spike. And that took me out of it too. T- t- to the point where I was actually kind of disappointed. Because it was like, I felt like this wasn't necessary, you know? Um, and yeah. it was a very poignant scene. But it lasted so long that I literally had to fast forward through it. Because I was like, here we go. And no, I respect the fact that it is you this is your film so you get to share your voice but i want to hear the voice of nola i don't want to hear yours you know and no, that makes sense. and also there's a scene that i'll just say is political and mm-hmm. even though people know where i stand politically so i don't have to explain myself when i say this i was bothered by the scene only because it felt like it was shoehorned in and I don't know, maybe they felt like it was something that made it more timely. So when you can watch it years later, you'll know when it took place. You feel me? You'll know when this particular series happened. Maybe that's why it it happened. But it literally doesn't play a part in any of the series at all. So so it was like for them to put that in there, I was like, eh, this seems kind of agenda-ish. But, you know. (laughs) No, yeah, so there's even like a... um... Uh, like a small part in, in the first episode where they mentioned Denzel Washington losing the Oscar to um from Malcolm X. Yes. And so it's like okay, Spike, we we know. Like, yes. That wasn't necessary. That doesn't add anything to Nola or because the scene between her and Mars. Right. Like, it adds nothing to the scene. But okay, we are gonna let you have your moment. But I'm so glad you're there with me. <laughs> That's literally what I said when it happened. I was like, oh, you could have thought, you could have literally thought of any other person that you could have used, but you use not only the actor in your movie, but your movie specifically. To, okay, gotcha. Listen, exactly, because he's still upset. Okay. <laughs> Cut it out with the agendas and just give us a, a show. That's all. That's all. He can. He doesn't know how. <laughs> this, this is she's got to have it. Now she's got to have an agenda. But anyway. <laughs> So moving forward from there. But yeah, definitely yeah. finish the rest because I like to talk about it. So we can definitely talk about it again next week if you get through all the rest of it. Okay, sir. Because we'll there's do. a whole lot more that I want to say about it. So definitely. Oh, God. And that's spoilers the beauty of it being... What'd you say? Spoilers galore. 
<laughs> but the good thing is, listen, this is a binge-worthy show that's only 30 minutes long and 10 episodes. So if we oh, get if we get about two weeks away from its premiere, that's your fault if I'm spoiling stuff. So <laughs> I'm just saying it's on Netflix it. always. Two weeks. I love it. You listen, this is your window. You had your chance. <laughs> y'all really, right, y'all really don't care about this binge. These shows that y'all binge, y'all be like, okay, well I finished. Like, where you at? Like, <laughs> but but see, here's the thing. <laughs> I spoil it on a podcast. I can do that on a podcast. I'd never do it online. So I don't go on Facebook or nothing like that oh, and be yeah. like, listen, here's all the scenes, bitch. You should have watched it. <laughs> yep, that's how they are. They live tweeted. I'd be like, it's like, you do it around three in the morning, right? Like, <laughs> you know anybody else watching this at this moment, right? Okay. <laughs> they do like literally every year when it has the cards. Because it comes out, I guess it's like, I guess 3 p.m. Eastern time or whatever, right? Right. By about noon. They're like, okay, this what happened. This what didn't happen. This what I like. I'd be like, well, damn. Like, <laughs> you had to work today. That's it. Like, you just like, took a nap. Like, okay. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. Because you, you are one of these people. Okay. I need for you to let me know, how do you fall asleep in the movies? <laughs> I need to know this because especially living in the, the age that we're living in now with the cost of <laughs> tickets for movies, when I pay for a ticket, here's all the things that are going to happen. I'm going to get there ahead of schedule so that I can get mm-hmm. my seat. <laughs> I refuse okay. to sit any place because I have to. I'm sitting a place because I want to. That's one. Okay. Okay. Two... If I'm getting there super early, I'm going to, to the concession stand then because I shan't get up at any time during the movie to go get something from the concession stand. Okay. I'm going I to pee before the movie starts because I'm not getting up to pee while the movie's on. I'm getting there ahead of time because I will see every single preview because that's what I paid my money for, to see the previews and the film. Once okay. the lights go down, ain't no getting up. Okay. And... Ain't no falling asleep because I just paid a good 10 to $15 to see a movie. If I'm going to uh, the the Phipps Plaza to see the movie, I probably paid more than that. <laughs> because we have reserved seating and reclining chairs. So <laughs> I've probably paid even more than that. So ain't no going to sleep. So I need to know, how do you all fall asleep in theaters? It's the movie's boring. That's literally it. Like, movies like boring me to tears if I'm like it's some bullshit I'm like I'm like what the hell is going on if, if I literally lose interest I'm like okay I'm going to sleep like I can't okay now granted if I go by myself then of course I don't fall asleep but I'm, I'm I like fall asleep and it's only, it's only happened like maybe twice but if the movie's boring I'm like okay good night. like I'm no like wake me up when it's over like I, I can't I just can't but you spent money. I did. And I felt like it was a waste. Let me not even pay attention to the rest of the movie. Like, I can't. <laughs> that, that That's what I can't. I can't y'all spending money. <laughs> and then being like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm bored. Well, hey, if I, if I spent money and then I didn't enjoy the movie, it still was a waste in my eyes. So I... Well, I feel like because people don't like having things. I don't know. Like, I have some friends who don't even like to see previews. Because they don't want to know anything about the film. And I feel like that's a setup. Like, I'm the kind of person where I see previews, I read and watch reviews first. Because more often yeah. than not, they're not giving any spoilers away. You know? They don't do spoilers. Yeah. When they do spoilers these days, they let you know ahead of time, this is a spoiler review. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I'm like, no. why? So, I'm asking the question of you, too. Like, why don't y'all just find out more information on the film before you see it so you won't be bored? Now, granted, this has only happened, like, twice. Sorry, I mean, like, this is, like, a regular thing for me. <laughs> but, no, I'm just like you. Like, I will watch, because for me, trailers got to do a lot. Like, I mean, trailers do a lot in the sense of, like, I already know off that was not even want to, like, look into more about this particular movie. If the trailer doesn't even grab me, I'm like, I'm not even going to waste my time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Trying to read a review or see what other people have to say because the trailer didn't grab my attention, so I don't care what y'all are saying about the movie because I didn't want to see it in the first place. Right. Kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, I'm the same way. 
Um, I don't necessarily have to see the preview, like, at the movie, because I'm like, I'm, the previews will be online or everywhere else eventually anyway. So normally, or normally, actually, because the previews are so often, like, online already or whatever. So even sitting through the movie theater, I've already seen half of the previews or whatever anyway. So I'm like, this isn't really anything. You know what I'm saying? I, I like, always, it always is weird to me, like, as soon as the preview comes on or I see one thing, I'm like, okay, well, this is Blase Blase, because I've already seen this trailer, like, on Twitter or on Facebook somewhere. Um, yeah, but it's only happened like twice. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's a specific uh, movie that you and I were discussing. Yes. Okay, so it was The Stranger. And the beginning of that movie, okay, it's a horror movie, scary movie. I don't normally do these, but I went with my brother this time. And uh, it came out maybe like 08, 09. Like, it was a while ago. And so basically they're like in a house in the woods, like a couple, and then these people come up knocking on the door, they have masks on, and they like tor- tor- uh, torture them, terrorize them for the whole movie, and they're like, I'm pretty sure they fill them at the end, it's been a minute since I've seen it. And so, and they're like, well, why are you doing this stuff? And like, because you were home. Bitch, what? <laughs> and then they said it was based on a true story. I said, bitch, where? <laughs> I said, I said, but they're making a sequel to the movie. Which is also based on another true story, and I'm like, I'm low key intrigued. But, but, I, but my scary ass, so like, I watched the trailer on these, like, which I don't good. understand. <laughs> but I, I think really only because I saw the first one. Like, I don't know. But my I, thing I, is, if you've seen the first one and you watched that whole thing with the volume on, then what's gonna change? <laughs> you know, because I've seen. No, no, I've also seen the movie. Of course, the volume is only on. Well, no, no, no. I mean, why not watch the preview? I, I could see if you'd never seen part one. Then I would get having it on mute. I don't know. I can't explain it to you. I'm just trying to let you know. Like, man, even watching the trailer, I was a little shook that night trying to go to sleep. So maybe I should watch the movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm intrigued. Because, uh, like, cause, like, Jason and Freddy Krueger and all them, like, even though they might like, and I overthink scary movies. That's my thing. It was like time for the sleep. Time to go to sleep. My four to sleep, Lord. <laughs> it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> and I, I like overthink the movie. Because I'll be fine watching it. Right. But I'm like, lights off. It's like, it's a little sound. I'm looking. So that part, I like overanalyze things. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, that's not real. Because, like, they're fake. Like, that's just a movie. Right. So this shit based on the true story? You just put a mask on and, like, terrorize somebody? Bitch, what? No, no, I don't think you're going through something. I think that that's how it works when it usually comes to scary movies. I know when I was younger, I was terrified of Chucky, but ask me if I didn't see every single child's play. Like, I watched all of them. I was terrified of him. Like, I would stay up wide awake some nights. I I understand. I've seen them all too. Yeah, like, I was with my aunt one time and we had like a bear inside. I'm like, why are we having a Chucky bear I don't know. We, we we all have an urge to be scared, I guess. Maybe it's, I guess it's like, maybe it's the like ultimate form of escape when it comes to movies. Because there's like normally a connection or relatability with everything else. Right. Maybe it's like with scary movies, this stuff most times cannot really happen. So this is like literally the fewest form of an escape when it comes to the movies, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. That might be your escape. My escape is watching something like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's what I watch if I don't watch something that normally can't happen. I know what I was saying, but I feel like even in fantasy type movies, there's still a little bit more relatable aspects than there are in scary movies. You think? I would think. I mean, of course you're not relating to like the fires and the dragons and shit, <laughs> but like the human motivation kind of a thing. Like. Listen, there are a lot of people who can relate to that. A lot. You look now, we exist in a time of social media. You know damn well that you and I can find some people who can relate to the strangers. I ain't trying to find them. No, I don't know nobody. I don't. No. And if you do know me, unknow me, please. Come on. Come on, unknow. <laughs> unknow me. 
Thank you. Right now. You just blocked me. <laughs> so at the beginning of the podcast, I spoke of how my uh, most recent birthday was the worst birthday I've ever had. I'd like to take a moment to backtrack. That is not the case. <laughs> I honestly felt directly after it took place, and uh, honestly a couple of days after, that it was the worst birthday that I'd ever experienced. But in hindsight, I realized that I, I gathered a lot of gems for my last birthday. My last birthday was a huge lesson, and for that reason, it is far from the worst birthday I've ever had. In the moment, while going through it, it absolutely felt like the worst. And that's why I'm going to tell you guys a story about it now. <laughs> Just know that on the end of things, I've come to understand that, as always, uh, the universe is teaching me lessons. And I had a very big one that I needed to learn from this. So, my birthday was November the 19th. I flew out to Oakland on November the 16th. And when I arrived, I was picked up by a friend who invited me to come and stay with them. Uh, this person was a gracious host, and even today, I greatly appreciate them opening up their loft to me. However, this person and I had a past, and on February of this year, they came to New York to celebrate their birthday from the West Coast and asked that I come to New York to join them. So I did, and we had a great time for the most part. Until there was an incident with alcohol that changed things. Uh, my response to them after having drinks spilled on me was something that, excuse me, a drink spilled on me, was something that didn't sit well with them because they are someone who's not good at apologizing. So the apology didn't happen. I took offense and I went back to the hotel room. Uh, instead of going far into it, I'll just say after that we didn't speak for months. Once we did speak, I was under the impression that, you know, everything was water under the bridge and we were going to move forward with me uh, coming to the Bay Area once they invited me. Now, we must follow our gut in life, and I can honestly admit that I'm not always the best with doing that. And I didn't follow my gut. I said to myself, you know, things have changed. We are two adults. It's understood that, you know, even though he can't say I apologize or my bad or things of that nature, I understand that that wasn't his intention and I can move forward. On the flip side, I would hope that he stopped saying that I left him stranded because the minute I left him, he made two new friends who even brought him back to the apartment. So he was never alone that entire night. So hopefully we can both look over it, say, you know, bad things happened. We both are hopefully better people for it and we can move forward. So I catch my flight there and as I said, he picked me up. And uh, the beginning of my time there went quite well, but there were one-offs that bothered me here and there and kind of made me think back to my gut. Um, I was introduced to two of his friends. One of them I hit it off famously with, and uh, as of this recording, we are still speaking. Uh, there was another one I was introduced to where he and I seemingly hit it off well, but things didn't go so well in the end. Uh, in the end, the second person, who I'm no longer speaking to, uh, actually ended up leaving me stranded at the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> uh, the day before my birthday, my friend who I stayed with took me to the Golden Gate Bridge, and it was a great time. Uh, he and I had a great time. I had an opportunity to sit on the beach, and I wrote out the beginning of my very first book. Now, for those listeners who are not uh, familiar with this story, I had actually had visions, dreams, for the past three years of sitting on the beach at the Golden Gate Bridge and writing my first book. But over time, it got to the point where the visions began to cease. And the focus became moving to Atlanta and starting a new life and all of that stuff. So to be honest, I had kind of forgotten about it. When I purchased my ticket to go to the Bay Area, I actually wasn't even thinking of the Golden Gate Bridge. And then it dawned on me. You know, when it gets to the point where you're not thinking about it anymore is when God makes it happen. And ta-da, there I was sitting on the beach of the Golden Gate Bridge, writing the beginning of my first book. And it was an amazing feeling. <laughs> it was an exhale that I can't explain, you know, seeing a vision become a reality. So that was beautiful. 
So the next day, uh, one of his friends said that they would take me to the other side of the bridge, which is uh, Sausalito. So I was on the San Francisco side, and this person said, no, your friends who told you that Sausalito is better, they're correct. So I'm going to take you there because I've been there before. So long story short, they ended up taking me there, and we ended up having uh, a disagreement about something that to them was very major. But to me, to be honest, I didn't have to be a part of. Uh, I was brought into the situation. So once I was brought into the situation, it became an argument of morals and honesty. And I informed them that I was not capable of being dishonest towards someone because I didn't understand the reason behind it. And it would make me uncomfortable to be dishonest to this person. So I was honest. And the person who I was with took offense to the fact that I was honest and began to get very uh, loud and confrontational. I no longer felt comfortable with them, so I took my belongings out of their car, uh, forgetting that I left my wallet in there, and they left me. So I was stranded. uh, And for those of you who are familiar with the Golden Gate Bridge and the difference between San Francisco and Sausalito, yeah. So (laughs) one of my friends explained to me last night on Marco Polo, he was like, why didn't you just uh, walk across the bridge? From where I was under the bridge, there was no access to get to the bridge. So that wasn't an option. (laughs) So uh, I ended up calling an Uber. And uh, thankfully, after being declined by a few, a guy picked me up and informed me that the reason why the other guys uh, declined was because people don't usually come down to that area to pick up people. So I definitely tipped him well, (laughs) because I really appreciated that. Uh, I went to the Castro, and uh, the other guy who I met while I was there, who I said I still speak to now, he actually came and picked me up. Um, I've left out a lot of the story because I felt like it was unnecessary to talk talk about it. Uh, I have no need to be messy, so a lot of those things I'll leave out. My reason for telling this story is to go to the whole no new friends thing that I was talking about during the podcast. Uh, I came to an understanding during this trip that Because of a trauma that I deal with when it comes to friendship that I've been very vocal about uh, from being a kid and constantly feeling like no one had my back and always being stabbed in it, I am constantly looking for people that I can trust. And transparency is very important to me, transparency and honesty, because when doing these things, (laughs) it, it makes it so there can be no confusion, you know, lies create different scenarios you have to keep up with you have to remember this you have to remember that Uh, i've been told over and over again that i can be too blunt too direct a little too honest and for those who i've offended in the past if you're listening to this i apologize my goal with my honesty is never to offend but there's so many things that we have to remember in this world a lie is not something i want to make one of them so i do my best to be as direct as possible so that there's nothing that i have to remember and neither do you so Uh, At the end of the day, I am no longer speaking to the guy who left me stranded and my friend who invited me to come and stay there. Uh, It seems as though he and I are probably better off not being friends. Our personalities are very, very different. I actually hit it off more with uh, the friend that I'm still speaking to and the other one who left me stranded than I did my actual friend who invited me there. So I feel like that says a lot. Uh, And I'm okay with that. At 38 years old, I've now arrived at a place where I can honestly say, I can I can build on associates. That's okay. <laughs> um, I'm not going to 100% say no new friends ever. I don't think we're capable of that. We never know what the universe is going to do. But I can say I'm no longer open to just allowing everyone in. This trip to the Bay Area proved to me that that's dangerous. So I'm done with that. I'm going to be far more cautious and I'm going to follow my gut. Now, I've been saying I'm going to follow my gut for years, but something about 38 tells me that I'm going to keep my word this time. So I wanted to share this story because, one, I wanted to be able to share with everyone how my birthday went. It was memorable because the guy who I'm continuing to talk to, I think we're going to be friends for a really long time. Uh, When he and I met, we literally talked for nine hours the very first night, uh, well, very first morning, we literally talked from the morning into the evening. Um, and so that kind of solidified that we were going to be cool forever. But also because I had had a vision and I was able to make my vision become a reality. Writing my book 
on the beach at the Golden Gate Bridge was literally probably in the top five of my bucket list. So to be able to make that come true felt amazing. So I wanted to share that with you guys. But also the continuing evolution of a person. We are always growing. And even at 38 years old, I continue to grow. Even in scenarios that I guess some people may think you no longer grow in. (laughs) You can be 50 and you're still learning lessons about friendship. And at 38, I still am. So I would like to send love and light out to the two brothers who I'm no longer speaking to. Uh, I pray that they both end up in good spaces in life. And to my friend who, well, now who I can call a friend, who had my back the entire time I was there. If not for you, my journey would have been very, very different in the Bay Area. I'll need to visit again because my idea of the Bay Area is a little skewed right now. (laughs) So I plan to go back so that I can have a uh, much better experience. But I'm still here. I'm still thriving. I will never forget my journey to my first (laughs) journey to the Golden Gate Bridge, how beautiful it is. And uh, yeah, life continues. Lessons learned and we move forward. So this week, Brandon and I had a hard time scheduling this recording. Earlier in the show, we talked about him giving you a rundown of his thoughts on the Soul Train Awards and Escape's season finale. Unfortunately, we were unable to record it before this episode went up. But this week's good news is that the scheduling issue opened up an opportunity for us to do something we've been talking about doing for a little while now. So this coming Thursday, November 30th at 7 p.m., you can join myself and BHW on Instagram for a live healing space. He'll get to share his thoughts on the shows and we'll be taking questions from all of you as well. So make sure to add the podcast's IG page, which is THS Podcast, all lowercase. You can also add me, Scorpiogi, which is S-C-O-R-P-I-Y-O-G-I. And you can add BHW at Nomar Otis, N-O-M-O-R-E, O-T-I-S. Also, don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share the podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Thanks as always for listening. We greatly appreciate your support and feedback. And we honestly can't wait to talk with you all live on Thursday. Until then, namaste. <laughs>